Excuse me. Hey everyone, it's Jerry at the Fledge. Welcome to another episode of Every Damn Day. Today on the show, we have our friend Matt Thornton. How are you today, Matt? I'm good. You know, every damn day, it's good to be a Friday. Yeah, it is good to be a Friday. Thanks for being on the show. Um, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I'm sure that when people see insurance and things like that, they're thinking, what is this going to be about? And I know that you're going to bring to the table and I'm putting tons of pressure on you, by the way, but I know you're bringing to the table uh, an A game here about why. Well, I'm going to let you start talking about that. So first question is, uh, Tell us something about you and tell us something about your project. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Matt Thornton. I am a owner of Matt Thornton Agency with Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. I've been in the insurance industry about six years. Um, I love people. I love connecting with people. I love having conversations and figuring out and solving problems and you know figuring out solutions and helping people figure that out. And um, if I wasn't doing it through insurance, it'd, it'd be some other way that I'd be able to connect with people and being able to help, you know, solve problems, educate and do that. Like I've I've been learning that more and more recently during the pandemic. It's not about just insurance, about it's about connecting with people and figuring out, um, you know, figuring out how you connect and how you can make things happen. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask you more questions. But yeah, where, are you, where are you where are you from? Where were you born? Uh, originally, I was born. So my family's from Chicago. I was born in Chicago, and then I moved to Lawton, Michigan, four days old in a snowstorm. And then I grew up in Lawton, Michigan, and uh, it was it was interesting. I ended up leaving there my freshman year, and then I finished my high school in Portage Northern. Graduated in two thousand three, and then lived in Kalamazoo for a while, um, and then moved to Detroit for a year and a half because I fell in love with working on uh, hip hop music. So I wanted to like learn more about music, figure out how to promote. So why not Detroit? You've got Motown, you've got, you know, 97.9, you've got like great music history there. Um, yeah. You know, I had a girlfriend at the point that was going to Wayne State there too, so that helped a little bit. <laughs> but uh, went out there, got an the internship. In a, yeah, right. Yeah, that was part of it. You know, it was definitely <laughs> lots of layers there. There was layers. Um, but uh, yeah, I ended up getting an internship at 97.9 and it was while the Super Bowl was in, Detroit. So it was a lot going on in uh, that year. So I turned 21 and was working on music oh, myself. Nice. And yeah, so I learned a lot from that experience of the year and a half I was in Detroit, not only just from a business standpoint and a hustle standpoint, but just life, you know, like being able to, again, connect with different people and just learning from those experiences. <laughs> I, uh, I I have a lot of a couple of friends that graduated from Portage Northern uh, okay. that were wrestlers with me. Uh, one in particular, I wrestled every freaking day in 1987, <laughs> and he whooped my butt because he was way bigger than me. Yeah. Um, but uh, we we won't go down that route. Uh, <laughs> so hip hop and JLB, man. I uh, in the 70s, I used to uh, uh, bootleg my uh, cable radio. So we bought this thing from Radio Shack and hooked it up to the radio. And then I'd get 107.1. I don't, I can't remember the call letters, but that's where yeah. I got my uh, starting rap and starting hip hop and all of that. But that was okay. in like 77, 78, somewhere around. I used to work at, I worked at Radio Shack for a little bit too. That's another thing I've had. <laughs> I've worked everywhere. I've had a little bit every job. So what, Radio what'd you Shack do, was one of them. What'd you do six years ago before? I was uh, working in jewelry. Actually, I was uh, I worked in jewelry and property management. So my wife had a property management company that I helped out with with marketing. We first got together, and then we ended up working for another property management company. 
And while I was doing that, I started going back into working at jewel working at a jewelry store, Fred Meyer Jewelers in Meridian Mall. And I sold an engagement ring to a guy. He was a state farm trainer, started talking. And we built a relationship, started playing basketball, and he started his own agency. And he asked me to be his employee's first employee. So I got in, you know, trained, learned how to figure that out. Um, was there for two years. Ended up, you know, we made it like the top 100 agency out of like the first two years that he was open. Um, and then I ended up transferring to another agent, State Farm agent, for another six months. And then I think I had enough because my ultimate goal was to have my own agency. And with the State Farm process, it just felt like it was taking longer than I wanted it to because my ultimate goal was to have an agency within three years or at least start that true goal, the process of opening it up. And I felt like it was going to take longer with State Farm. So I, I looked around a little bit and I ended up connecting with Farm Bureau and they offered me a great opportunity. And to a little over two and a half years later, we're here now. So that's uh, that's awesome. I uh, when we were uh, preparing and talking a little bit, I know that you have some passions around insurance, and I think you know you. There's different views of insurance. There's the big insurance companies that are in Lansing that you know are part of a, a an important part of our ecosystem and our local economy because they hire so many or employ so many people. And then there's the agencies like what you're doing, and you know I think some people look at it as like a casino you know, and I don't need insurance or some people look at it like, uh, you know, just uh, something you have to do. I don't think you look at it in, the, in these ways. Um, how do you look at insurance? How, why is insurance so important outside of the fact that the government says we have to have it for our car or what have you? For your house and things like that. I yeah. mean, just on average, people don't have the liquid assets to be able like, all right, if you had a terrible car accident, you got hurt in a car accident. Do you and you end up getting paralyzed? You know, worst case scenario, knock on wood. You know, something like that were to happen. Do you have like hundreds of thousands of dollars just to come out of pocket to be able to cover those things? Right. Um, you know, does like with with in regards to life insurance? You know, on top of having to deal with losing somebody that you love, but then having to deal with having to put together the finances to put together the funeral, you know, and then after you die, there's taxes, you know, you have estate taxes, probate, all of these different things, because once you die, there's still things that have to happen. And then you're leaving somebody that's mourning, like, okay, I have to handle all this money stuff. And you can do that with life insurance. And then there's different vehicles that you can use, depending on what you want to do, you can customize that plan for yourself. And then another thing with life insurance, I don't know how many times I've heard it, but talking to people of color, they're like, oh, that's for rich white folks. And that's, you know, farther from the farthest from the truth of anything. The less you have, the more you should set up something, at least have something in place, at least for, you know, burial, you know, to build a legacy, legacy for your family. Um, instead of like leaving, oh, I've got to pay thousands of dollars for this. And I've got to make sure that this is set up on top, you know, so. Yeah, we talked about estate planning on the show last week with Nick Ladorf, and we talked about that a little bit, but we never touched on insurance. We were just kind of like getting the basics in place. Right. What what should someone do? What if I feel like like I can't even pay my rent? How am I going to pay for life insurance? What should I do? How How do I get something started? How do I move just a little bit? I mean, just start with having a conversation, reach out to somebody that's got the expertise, reach out to your insurance advisor, reach out to a financial planner, reach out to a family member that might already have these things set up to start and be like, hey, where did you start? And, and just build from there. But having something is better than nothing. I mean, even having something through work and it's a benefit through work. So, of course, if you change your jobs or if they change a benefit package, which, you know, companies do, um, that leaves you without life insurance. But at least it's something uh, that you have in place there. 
So is it something like you can get into for like five bucks a month, even if it was just, uh, you know, I'm 20 years old and I just want to pay for my funeral or something. I mean, I that's mean, really it, hard, it, but right. No, totally. I mean, it's, you know, people don't want to talk about it, but it's a part of death is a part of life. You know, so looking at it holistically, I just, it is what it is. We're all, we're all got to go sometime. So, you know, just try to making it as easy as possible for yourself and for the people that you care about. Um, but yeah, you can, depending on the company that you're looking at, depending on what type of policy in your plan, you can find things that are expensive. And the younger you get it, the least expensive it is because the older you are, the more likely you're going to die. So it gets pricier. Yeah. How can I, uh, like if I was talking to a group of young men or young black men or something, how could I, what, what's the message that I should really be trying to do to connect with them? Or do I just get you and you connect with them? We can do it either way, you know, like you can have a conversation with them and then I'd love to be a part of the conversation because it's it's about building. It's about having a legacy. It's about stacking on top of what we already have in place. Like we've made progress, you know, there's progress being made every day, but you got to continue to build on it and just not wait until, oh shit, I got to do something now. You know, like that's a lot of people want to procrastinate and not think about it, push it to the back burner because nobody wants to talk about death. Nobody wants to think about, oh, I hope I, don't, I get in a car accident or nobody wants to think about these things. But that's what insurance is there for. You know, yeah. Chris Rock said it best in case shit happens. Yeah, um, we we were talking about generational wealth and equity. You think we need to de define that real quick for people? Because sometimes yeah. they don't always know the difference between equality and equity. Yeah. You want to do it or you want me to do it? Let's have you do it. We can both do it together. Let's do it together. <laughs> All right. Let's do it together. Because um, I always get to talk. I like to listen. So generational wealth is, you know, being able to pass on a legacy, being able to pass on something like my house, like we own our house, like being able to pass that on as an asset to your family to be able to build on that again. So instead of starting down in a hole, we're like, okay, now I'm coming out thousands of dollars to pay for a funeral coming out for, you know, probate, coming out for taxes, all these different things that have to come happen when somebody dies, you're building on it instead of like, all right, starting somebody in a hole. Um, that's what generational wealth is to me, trying to build on something like, instead of starting from scratch, where a lot of families do that, where again, like they're struggling with rent, struggling with things in, in front of them now, and they're not thinking about what's next. And it's tough. Yeah, it's uh, and I, I, you know, you talk about that and we'll, we'll get back to equity a little bit in a second. But that thing where it's tough, where you're thinking about rent, you don't have that kind of backup that gives you that resiliency. What I think people don't realize is when you're in when you got like kids and you're in that day to day, that paycheck to paycheck, psychologically, your mind shuts off your visioning, your your ability to think five years out. And that, therefore, you know, it takes away hope from you. It takes away your ability to have a long-term strategy and plan because it's that day-to-day. -day. And not having that equity or that generational wealth does that to people again and again and again and just keeps you from being able to get further ahead. Um, I love the way you're thinking about this and the mindset you're putting this in. Your turn. Thank you. <laughs> you know and then are we talking equality or are we talking equity still well i was talking equity i equity. mean we can yeah um if we talk into we can go to equality too yeah. um because they're both suffering especially i mean there's systemic racism period 
Um, people can argue all they want, but I'm a mathematician. So if they want to try to change the basics of math, that's fine with me. But I see it in the numbers for sure. And I'm sure you see it in the day to day. You Absolutely. feel it. Yeah, um, you, definitely. You live you know, it. Yeah. And live it. And like we were talked a little bit about before, um, a lot of it has to do with it is mindset. Like I, the way that I grew up, the way that I think, the way that like I'm, I know that the eight balls, I'm, like I'm behind the eight balls sometimes in my life, but I'm not going to allow that to define me. I'm not going to allow that to hold me back from what I want to do. And I'm not going to allow somebody or something, whether that be a person or systemic racism from trying to stop me because I'm going to just try to continue to do me and better my community and better what I can around me. Yeah. So. I love it. I love it. Um, so right now I'm going to ask you what's something you do every damn day to kind of push that needle forward to make that mission happen. Uh, I read a little bit. I've been, I read a lot, listen, either I listen to a book, read a book. A lot of it right now is um, with mindset focus. I just got done with Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter's new book, Be Water My Friend, which is, you know, about just encompassing that balance. Like, you know, part of it, it's not like, this is one thing like, here's life, here's death, or here's red and here's blue. It's like, it's all part of the same thing. We just can't, you got to look at it that way versus like, all right, well, they're complete polar opposites of each other. It's all part of the same system. It's all part of that same ecosystem, you know, so. Yeah, there's very few things in life that are really that true binary. Probably right. nothing, actually. Either Even computing is getting into quantum computing where there's this fuzziness. Right. Um, there's always going to be something connecting, like whether we want to see it or not, like whatever you're looking at, everything has like a a balance, like how my, my job works, like if I'm helping somebody out with a homeowner's policy, you know, first it starts out with the realtor, starts out with the loan officer. There's a step to the process. There's always going to be a connection, whether we don't want to see it or not. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I had a uh, performing artist, Sarah Wallace. She's a classically trained singer and uh, painter, and she's doing a CD release. And I was telling her that you know, she, she has a question for you, but I wanted to tell her a little bit about you. And, and like, you're not the, the typical insurance agent guy that you might think somebody is, right? You're, right, yeah. you're creative. You're, I mean, the, what you were doing with hip hop in, uh, in Detroit and all of that, you're creative, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you, you talk about solving problems, not writing policies and things like that. So you have this real creative entrepreneurial spirit. And she got to wondering, is there something, would you rather be doing the music or the, some artistic thing, or do you like what you're doing and are you right where you sort of want to be? I love what I'm doing and I am where I am supposed to be. Um, like, I feel like with business, with me being an insurance agent, it doesn't define who I am. You know, like it's, it's something I do. And when I say something, I mean, I do a lot of things. Like I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a gardener now, you know, <laughs> like I'm, right. I'm learning, I'm learning all these different things and like, and want to be all these different things. So no, I mean, uh, I've got other dreams of other businesses that I'd like to be a part of in the future. Um, I've got, you know, so I wouldn't want to stop doing this now, because again, I've made some great friendships, lifelong friendships from being an insurance agent, from being where I'm at now. And I wouldn't want to change that for anything. 
you know, uh, they often say that connection is the opposite of everything, like connections, the opposite of addiction or connection can be the opposite of depression and all of that. And I love your take on connection, like how you're trying to build those connections with everybody and especially, you know, helping the black community with equity um, and generational wealth. Uh, it just seems like uh, you got a lot of uh passion behind what you're doing uh how'd you th did you think that when when that guy was buying that ring from you <laughs> no not at all man not at all like and again this is i've been in sales a long time and at first like when i was younger i've been selling stuff my whole life like i used to be the kid i used to have to borrow a quarter from my mom like if i wanted to get a gumball so like all right well you're gonna go get that quarter back and get the money back for it it's like all right so i would hustle. Like I'd find odd jobs to do around the apartment complex that I lived at, or I would sell my old toys or sell basketball court cards, X-Men cards or something like that. So like I've sold dog treats, I've sold aluminum signs, I've sold cell phones. So it's again, like, it's about connect. All of it was with connecting with people. And like when I was younger, it was like, oh, well, I'm able to convince somebody to do something. Yeah. And it's like, you're not convincing anybody to do shit they don't want to do. Like, like it was one way or shape or form, like you're just helping with, they're telling like, if you're listening anyway, and a lot of times with sales, it's more listening than talking. And that was something I had to develop over time. It's like, you got to shut up for a little bit and just, all right, absorb that. Um, but yeah, it used to be about like, all right, I'm convincing this person to do this and that's what I'm doing. But now it's, again, it's really about connecting and figuring out like, how can we connect? How can I help you solve this problem or protect what's important to you or do what you're looking to do? Yeah. So uh, tomorrow I got this skateboarder coming on and uh, his name is Bo Kirby. Okay. And what, what question would you like to ask Bo, the skateboarder? Like, did you expect um, with what you're doing with skateboarding? Did you expect, is this where you wanted to be with skateboarding at this time? And then I'm going to turn that question on you. Is this, and I don't know how to, how big to make this question is, you know, from an insurance agent perspective, is this where you expect it to be after six years or as a, uh, a father, a husband, a man, is this where you expect it to be in your life? Answer whatever one you'd like. I guess I'll say yes and no, because I've had setbacks in business and setbacks in life. Um, you know, there was a slowdown. I wanted to be like, of course, you dream. I wanted to be like, all right, I was going to have this million dollar agency by this time. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to have this. And well, you know, but it. Every time you plan on something working out in a certain time frame, you get punched in the face. You know, everybody's got to plan it until they get punched in the face. And who said and that? Mike Tyson. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes. No, and it's the truest, man, especially being a business owner. Like as soon as you think like the first six months, I crushed it. Like I was doing everything that I needed to do. I felt I didn't hit exactly where I needed to hit, but I was like, all right, well, I got this and making, making more money than I thought. And then I was like, all right, well, I can do this now with hiring. And I lost, I lost focus. You know, I didn't, I wasn't focusing on the right things. And then my daughter got sick. My mom got sick all at the same time too. So on top of that, dealing with personal stuff and, you know, again, that was a, a couple punches in the face and it took about, you know, about a year, a little over a year still, of course, you know, catching up and getting back in. But as long as you're doing it every damn day and you're just, you're trying to drag it a little bit, you'll get back to where you need to do. Do you, uh, um, 
so that was, uh, so I, would you say though, that you're in a really good spot? Like, are yes. you happy? Yeah. Oh, I'm very happy. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm very happy. I love, I love being a family man. I love, I love life. I love live, like love being with my family and hanging out and, um, as much as online school and everybody being under one roof during pandemic, I wouldn't want to be by myself. I wouldn't want it any other way. So. You, the Luckily, my kids are uh, older now. They're 19 and 21. Um, and uh, my, But my wife's a fifth grade teacher. And school mm. is just difficult for everybody right now. I mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for you parents that have to be <laughs> in there um, like that. Um, we got this crazy election coming up mm -hmm. and you've been breathing every morning like me and trying to Usa. figure out Usa. Usa yeah. as much as possible, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I'm just paying attention as much as possible. I listened to the first debate. It was, uh, I, <laughs> you know, like, it's unbelievable. I can't believe this is where we are, but yet I can't believe this right. is where we are. I mean, I'm a, I'm a protesting kid. I was born in the 60s. So, you know, my 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 parents were, you know, anti-Vietnam. They were anti-war. They protested for that. They protested um, because we were so close to Detroit and what was happening in 68 and all of that. Um, I come from a long line of people who who protest for justice and rights and all of that. And I thought for sure when I was a little kid that as I grew up to be a man, all of this would be fixed. And I don't feel like it's changed. And yeah, I mean, it's gotten, you know, the need, like the needle's moving a little bit, but it's slow. It's slower and, than like, like my mom is, okay. So my mom is 77 and she'd be pissed if I actually said that, but <laughs> she is, but like, all this stuff like she lived like my grandmother was born in 1917 like she lived through the depression she saw part of the depression she saw these jim crow laws like this stuff is just you know two generations away like that's only 40 years like people want to say like i'm 35 like that's like that's it's not that long ago yeah um and i think a lot of the things that we're seeing like people flaring up people trying to get angry and these they're growing a lot of it's growing pains like i think we're on the right direction. We keep pushing. We keep doing things that we need that we're doing now. Like just calling people out on their BS. Like, no, that's not how history that's what, you know, lack of a better term, whitewash of history, you know, like it's played down, it got watered down and it's, it's not the real story. And we need to, and I think this opportunity now, especially with my kids being home, I'm taking the opportunity to be like, Oh, you heard this. Well, look at this part of it too. So yeah. like we need to step up and be able to be more part of, be a part of the education process as parents and being home now, like, yes, we're working, but that's the future. That I do think that that, you know, there's a lot of bad things about what's happening with schooling right now. Like mm -hmm. when we first were looking at everything, we were like, we have to protect the mothers because a lot of times the burden's going to fall on the mother because maybe the man already work or makes like 28% more so right. he can't quit his job. So she's got to quit hers to do the schooling. So it's going to set women back. And I just heard this morning that uh, 850,000 women have had to leave the workplace uh, oh, wow. because of this. So it, it's already having an impact and it's going to have an impact that's going to ring for 10, 15, 20 years now. Um, and uh, oh, I lost track of what I was <laughs> 
the job. Okay, I think I, I don't know, but let me let me see maybe where we're going with this. So help me, save we're both, me. We're both blessed, and like my wife works from home, and then me being self-employed. Um, so I've got freedom, of course, with my schedule. So I take the morning shift with the online school, and then my wife takes the afternoon shift, and then we we get up. Like we've got dumb sleep schedules. Like so, we we've we've got a team effort. We're very blessed that we've had the situation like how we have it so and not everybody has that of course and she doesn't have to leave her job because we're here she's here so um yeah i like to think of it like i've seen i saw the quote of the meme before is like we're all in the same storm but we're definitely in different boats and yeah yeah that's uh that quote i think is impactful especially you know as you look at who's being impacted the most by um the covid the mm -hmm frontline workers now with school now with unemployment you know who got hit the hardest and right. it's definitely black and brown and poor people without a doubt without a doubt um, uh hey since we're here a little bit because i love talking to you because you make me happy um there's somebody uh comment i think it's omar um okay. he said uh what advice would you give towards uh young men trying to balance their professional movement and their family and their friends and all of this right now and try to balance it. Yeah. With your friend, um, make your circle tight, you know, like with friends, you know, make sure that you're looking, you've, you've got to have your select few. Like, and as I've gotten older, like I, I have a lot of people that I equate with that I'm always going to be friendly with, but the people that are in my inner circle are my inner circle. And it, it's gotten tighter and tighter as you, cause you got to have people around you that are going to want to feed your desire and feed like you're going to have conversations with people about your dreams. And if those conversations are happening, like if you're not talking about business or you're not talking about things that you want to develop and grow in with these people, you, you got to move on. And the same thing with your family. I hate to say that, you know, sometimes with family, they're going to be your biggest supporters, but they're also going to be sometimes, you know, your biggest um, deters too, because they see, they're going to see little Omar, little Matt, you know, from when you were, you know, 5, 10, 15, doing knucklehead stuff. Um, <laughs> like, and sometimes that lingers a little bit longer into adulthood. So you just have to make those choices. Sometimes it's it's okay to take a step back um, and, and reevaluate. Those breaks are sometimes the most important things. Like, and I've been saying that a lot lately because as soon as you start to get overwhelmed, you get something over your head and you're like, oh, you start looking at the big picture. Like, oh, I've got this and I got this and I got this and uh, da, 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 whatever, personal and professional. You just, you start, start taking bites, like carve up the elephant, you know, just take it bite sizes and just take it piece by piece at a time. Um, and don't expect yeah. it to happen in the schedule, in the time that you want it to happen and expect it to happen when it's going to happen. Just keep working, I do it every day. <laughs> I think that's probably good advice for how to kind of build your insurance portfolio, right? Kind of protect yeah. what you have to protect quickly mm -hmm. and then build up and do different things and get complicated and fancy later. Yeah, but no, definitely. It's about the basics. Like you got to practice that same move 10,000 times and then you can start branching off and doing more moves. Like I had to do, I've done, I don't know how many auto insurance quotes, <laughs> how many home insurance quotes, you know, and I want to get into more, you know, in the, the bigger things like more rental policies and more business stuff and, you know, more in depth life policies and being able to help with investments and stuff like that. But you got to walk before you can full on run. Yeah. So. 
Well, I think that's a, that's a good spot for a second while I do a little bit of business. Um, okay. Just real quick business, please uh, remember remember to uh, subscribe to the Fledges YouTube channel. Our next every or 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one is three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And every damn day airs every damn day at 2 p.m. So thanks for watching. Uh, Matt, you got anything you want to take us out on? Um. Have a great weekend. Love, peace, chicken grease. And if you got any questions about insurance, reach out to me, M Thornton at FBINSMI.com, hashtag MadInsuresMI, or that phone number right there. Keep All it that on stuff. there for a sec. And Matt Insures MI is another, is your hashtag, uh -huh. right? Yep, yep. And then the website. All right. We'll get all of that in the links below too, everyone. So check out Matt, um, go to him, especially um, as you're starting to build and think about insurance. It's not about a casino. It's not about all this other stuff. It's about uh, protecting yourself, your family, and your generations ahead of you. So invest Absolutely. in your future. Uh, thanks a lot, Matt. No, I, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. It was I'll great. You Thank again, you again. Matt. See you. Yeah. Bye-bye.